Welcome to the Kingdom Faith London podcast. This message is by Jonathan Croft. So, fantastic. Um, Can we turn to 1 Chronicles, please? I believe that this morning, um, even though it's, I believe it's going to be a briefer message than normal. Um, That's famous words uh, from somebody who's used to speaking for an hour um, at a time. Um, But one of the things that I really believe is that God uh, was wanting to do something very prophetic this morning and, in a sense, give you a picture to where Kingdom Faith London is at this time. And I believe that it is a bigger picture about the church um, that is not just in London, but actually uh, further afield. Um, And it, it comes into 1 Chronicles chapter 13. And there's just a couple of verses Um, which I'll come to in a minute. Um, This is a period of time where the Ark of the Covenant, which was at that time in the the nation of Israel, was where they saw the presence of God. And so wherever the tabernacle went, uh, there was a real uh, sense of awe because of what that image, what that container, the tabernacle, symbolized at that moment in time, that moment in history. And the tabernacle was away, it was in in, in one particular place. And King David at the time really longed to bring the tabernacle back to Jerusalem. He said that if this is where we are um, as children of Israel and the, uh, the tribe of Judah, that this is where we are in Jerusalem Therefore, we need to bring the ark back into that place, this place. And this is not a political um, conversation, even though I do like politics. Um, But one of the things um, that I really believe God is saying is that there is a journey that God has the church on. And God has a journey for Kingdom Faith London. And in this journey... Part of all of this is about the pursuit of the presence of God. The pursuit of the presence of God. This is not just something of a method um, of church growth or church planting or church history. I believe, and I believe God spoke to me about these things um, over the last couple of days, was that there's a pursuit of the presence of God that is going to bring blessing upon his church, upon anybody who is pursuing that presence. Let's just read from 1 Chronicles chapter 13. And then I'm just going to do 12, verse 12. David was afraid of God that day and asked, how can I ever bring the ark of God to me? He did not take the ark to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. And the Lord blessed his household and everything he had. Just those few scriptures 
I believe that uh, points really were God is with us at Kingdom Faith at the moment. I believe God's taking us on a journey. I believe God's taking the church on a journey. And part of that journey for Kingdom Faith London, he brought us into this place. This is the place where at this moment in time, uh, God has placed us so that we can still be effective in fulfilling his call and his purpose for Kingdom Faith London and the church in London. But we're part of a, we're, we're on to a transitional period of time where I believe that there is going to be a real blessing upon anybody who pursues the presence of God. Yes. It's not a, a fait accompli. It's not just something that's going to happen with a click of fingers. But for anybody who pursues the presence of God, like Obed-Edom, when the Ark of the Covenant was in that place, he and his family were blessed. When we pursue God in the way that he desires us to pursue him, putting him first in every single area of our life, when we're grasping hold of everything that he wants to say to us, everything that we're saying yes to, because we're hungering and passionate for who he is, then I believe that at this moment in time, and uh, to be honest, it, it is God wants to bless. God is a God who wants to bless all the time. But I believe that there's a particular time for Kingdom Faith London at this point where we are transitioning from one place, which we were in the LSE just down the road, into this place. It's not that suddenly we've done something irrelevant, reverent, uh, like um, Uzzah did, where he reached out and touched the Ark of God. And he passed away very, very quickly because of that one act of um, irreverence. And, you know, part of me is <laughs> when we pursue God in the way that I believe that he desires and longs for, when we're really passionate for who he is and we're seeking him first, we're seeking his face, then the things around us pale into insignificance. We, we don't want to offend God. We don't want to grieve God. And therefore, we desire to do what pleases him in every single area of our life. Because we're pursuing him. We're pursuing his life. We're pursuing his goodness. We're pursuing his mercy and his grace. In order for us to worship him. And if you read in um, 1 Chronicles, if you go into 1 Chronicles 16, there's some amazing verses. And if you ever get stuck of how to worship and praise God, then turn to 1 Chronicles 16 and go from verse 8. It says, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Just think well, for one moment, one wonderful act that he's done for you. He saved you. That's a wonderful act for those who do believe in Jesus Christ. That's a wonderful act. He's given you life. He's given you health. He's given you friendship. He's given you family. It's amazing. And we can be so thankful. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell us, tell all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. 
Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Pursue his presence. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, that's you and me, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. That, again, is so, so important. That God is a covenant-keeping God. He's a covenant-keeping God. That's why I believe that the, 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 the nation of Israel is so, so important to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when he covenants, he promises. And when he promises, he keeps his promises. He keeps his covenants. And that's why, for me, there is still a real purpose for the nation of Israel. But also because you and me have been grafted into that olive branch. We still have those covenant promises over our own lives to this day as well. So we can say yes and amen to all the promises of God. Because he's a covenant keeping God. Where was I? (laughs) Thank you. But it is so, so important. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenants forever. The promises he made for a thousand generations. Wow. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Then it goes on to say, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory through the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to you, your holy name, and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. From everlasting to everlasting. 
Then all the people said, Amen. And praise the Lord. What a wonderful scripture. And there is so much within that particular scripture that actually brings praise and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's so, so important that we understand that if we're going to pursue his presence, it's the whole thing about who he is, what we're worshipping, who we're worshipping. It's not some little God out there that sometimes is just, oh, interested only in a certain few. No, he's interested in all of mankind. No matter if people believe in Muhammad or people believe in an idol today. He's still concerned for them because he doesn't want them lost for eternity. He wants to see them saved as much as he wants to see you and me saved. For people who are caught up in uh, different types of sin today. And I am saying sin, things that have been done wrong, something going against God's order. That's sin. That's wrongdoing. And we need to be able in love to talk about our amazing Lord Jesus. But one of the things for me is that when we see things, when we pursue him, what we're going to be coming out with is his amazing love, his amazing passion, his amazing desire for for others too. But you see, Obed-Edom, his family were blessed because the presence of God was in their midst. Do you know what happened to Obed-Edom? He became a gatekeeper in the actual temple. When he met with God, he did not want to be anywhere else. So where he lived and his family lived, they chose to go up to Jerusalem and be part of the gatekeepers worshipping God 24-7. David had a, 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 it's interesting because what happened to the the Ark of the Covenant, it had another step before it actually had a whole temple built by David or by Solomon. There was a tent that David erected just outside of the city for that sense of praise and worship to go 24-7. We're not in a place at this moment to do 24-7 prayer and praise. Like places like International House of Prayer. They've been doing that for 17 years. And I praise God for that. Faithfully doing the proclaim the gospel intercession with music. You can actually look at on, online if you choose to do that. But, you know, I take my hat off to uh, places like that who've taken hold of what God is saying and putting them not just theory, but into practice. Yes. Yes. Because you know what I'm like. I, I, I'm not a person who wants to just do theory. I, I spoke um, a little while ago about the London Marathon and the fact that I knew the theory of how to run it. I knew how to practice. I, I knew six months before that you had to start building up. I know that you had to have the right diet, the right clothing, the right shoes. I knew that you had to do a, a big run about two weeks before the marathon. And I, I spoke about the theory, obviously, of the marathon running, but also as Christians, how often do we have the theory of Christianity, but without the actual doing of Christianity? 
And for me, it was like the whole thing is putting into practice what yes. God yes. is yes. actually asking of us. And for me, this is not a theory that I'm talking about this morning. This is about us pursuing the presence of God because when we pursue the presence of God, that will then affect every single area of our lives. No matter where we go, what we do, when we pursue the presence of God, what will come out of us when we are squeezed by the things of this world, what will come out of us is truth. What will come out of us is the word of God. What will come out of us is the life that God has given to us so that they can be impacted with the life, remembering that the word divides soul and spirit, which and I'm sure you understand, sometimes can lead to negative reactions as well as positive. I love reactions, actually. I love sometimes even negative ones because that means something's going on in them. Sometimes when there's silence and there's a brick wall, it's like, mm, OK, what's going in? But even when you get a negative reaction, it's like, oh, God, you're st you've stirred something in that. There was a, a gentleman that went to uh, Life Discovery. Life Discovery is an event that happens once a month down in um, Sussex. And uh, the organization, you go go-karting, you go uh, sometimes on canoes, you can do some jets. jets. Um, they didn't have the jet ski last time. But there was a one gentleman who, ca who came with us. And he, when we just shared uh, Jonathan Crouch, who heads this organization up, he just shared the gospel. But this one gentleman got so angry, he actually walked out. He was a young lad, um, and he just did not like what was going on. And there was another gentleman who uh, was there, and he went out and really spoke to him for about 40, 45 minutes. It was in a very different way. It was a one-to-one -one situation. But at the end of the day, that young man sort of said, wow, what an, what an amazing day. Now, he, wasn't, uh, he didn't say, I, I said yes to Jesus. But what he did say was that what has taken place has opened my eyes to another reality. So from somebody who was very aggressive, something happened through one-to-one -one communication of truth in love brought a complete change in the mindset of that particular individual. I, I think that's brilliant. Why? Because whatever is happening with you and with me, if we're passionate about God and we're allowing his passion to work through us, then that's going to affect everything. Just like Obed-Edom, it says, all his house was blessed and everything that he had. See, I believe that we're in this season of blessing at this moment. I believe that we're going to see increase of numbers in the church here. And, you know, already you can see what we've got about seven chairs free. We're only here for a season of time. It's not that we're going to always be looking at the next step, but I do believe that there's a next step. We heard something on Wednesday, actually. Um, and we don't know this person. But we had a report to Helen and myself that there are people in London that we've never met, but they've heard of Kingdom Faith. They've heard of myself and Helena. They're praying for a building for us. We were amazed by that. Absolutely amazed that we had a, a couple of people come up to us on Wednesday at this wonderful 
uh, event, just sort of saying, actually, we've heard about a church and some intercessors who've heard about Kingdom Faith, and they're praying for a building for you. Wow. It, God's, don't, don't you understand? God's gone before us here. And even though for me there is a real blessing and spiritually and I believe prophetically God is going to bless you. As you pursue his presence, I believe this scripture is going to come alive in your life and my life and also in the church of Jesus Christ in London. I believe that there are churches in London that are pursuing God's presence. I, I believe that there is a hunger and there's a passion, there's a desire, there's a longing for the things that God is wanting to say and do. And I get excited by that because I'm not talking about just a denominational tag over us. I'm talking about pursuing God. We're not pursuing a stream of churches. We're pursuing him and then allowing God to do what he chooses in our lives, in our situations, our circumstances. But for me, that that's amazing. That particular scripture. Now, I believe that, you know, in the tent of meeting where David erected a tent. David brought the ark out of Obed-Edom's house. It was a very positive thing. And in that positive thing, what then happened was that it was taken in a correct way. There was very, very strict ways of carrying the ark on poles, not on carts. Um, And there was a lot of worship going on, bringing God glory in every area of our lives. And when it went into the, the tent that David erected. David set this whole thing of worship before God, 24-7 at that time. And obviously there's an event called David's Tent um, in August that uh, is again at Whiston House in Sussex, West Sussex. And in that event, there's three days, three, four days, where they just worship God 24-7. Even during the night, the worship and prayer is going on. I'm not saying that we need to go and uh, go to that event, but please, you're very free to. But what I am saying is that when we pursue God, when we are hungry for him, then what's going to happen is that something's going to resonate. And there's going to be a hunger and desire to ensure that we're worshipping him all of the time with our body, with our words, with our language, with our actions. So it's not just a case of the theory of worship, but we truly, our lives are that spiritual act of worship constantly. In Romans chapter 12, it talks about our spiritual act of worship. Act is an action. It's not passive. And Obed Eden He pursued God. He moved his family to ensure that he was then in a place where the worship of God, he was there. He wasn't worshipping God from a distance. He was worshipping God, who he was. It's exciting. Because I believe this is prophetic. This is something that kingdom faith is going to be going through in particular. I believe this is going to be a real time of blessing to us as a family here. For anybody who calls Kingdom Faith their home and any visitors, etc., etc., I believe that this is going to be a blessing time when we pursue God. 
Does that mean that it's going to be absolutely a perfect walk? No. But you see, when things happen in and, and around us in our environments, what will then become very, very clear is that what then comes out is the, the words of life, not the words of death. We won't be speaking negatively over situations or circumstances, but we'll be completely speaking truth, proclaiming the promises of God, the covenant-keeping God that we serve, the faithful God that we serve, the one that we can truly trust. It's not somebody that we do not trust in, but we can trust in a God who keeps his promises. And for us, for me, it's aligning myself up, pursuing his presence, pursuing who he is. So that corporately together, we are ensuring that that's taking place. That we're pursuing who God is, this amazing God that we serve. Because then that will have fruit. That will be blessings to to (coughs) other people too. The people that are in your environment, my environment. It's life-giving. It's life-giving. When you pursue God, this is not just putting our heads in the clouds and just sort of saying, okay, let's lock the door and let nobody else in. This This is about pursuing God, allowing him to transform us. And when we become transformed then those around us will get the effect of that transformation in our lives. That's why for me, of course, I I love the word revival. I I read books. I've lectured on the subject for years. Um, The study of the the church history and the revivals that have gone on over the the last, uh, or the whole period of the church, actually, because there was... There's revivals back in uh, the Acts of the Apostles. That was a move of God where God just completely took over. And it just goes through history where God just comes and completely takes over. So I love the word revival. But I love the word reformation too. Where God begins to reform us as a people together, individually. But that reformation of my character, my life, becomes so real in every place that God asks you and me to go into. As a church, wherever God um, has, he's placed us here. And I believe this is going to be an amazing blessing for us here for a season of time. I'm not saying it's three months, but I don't believe we're going to be here too long. And whether we're going to be first in a, in quote, a tent before we have our building, I don't know. Um, I've not heard clearly about that at this moment, but I do know that God is going to give us a building, whether that's where we hire it or I don't know how that God's going to work that. But I believe that God is going to give us some space where we can have church, but we also can open our doors for the community wherever God places us. And I believe still it's going to be central London. Uh, it doesn't have to be Holborn, but I believe it's going to be central London. So I believe, you know, again, I believe that God is going to bring people from north, south, east and west London to come and join us here. Uh, obviously, I want people saved as well. And, and God's preparing us. 
Because you see, blessing, when God blesses, then he blesses. And if you read Deuteronomy 28, there's a particular scripture, um, some fantastic, um, there's about seven or eight verses that just talks about the blessings that God wants to pour upon his children. I would encourage you to read them. There's then another whole bunch, probably double, triple um, of scriptures where it talks about um, when the children of Israel in particular do not follow the ways of the Lord, then there is curse, not blessing. And obviously curse is a big, strong word. But actually when we don't do it God's way, there is consequences. I'm sorry to say that, but there is. Sin separates us from God. Anything that God says for us to do and we do something different, at that moment we're saying, I'm Lord of my life, you're not Lord. And when we pursue God with this passion that I believe he has for us and wants and longs for us, then we want his ways too. We, we, we long for his ways. We long to do it his way. Yeah. It, it's amazing what he wants to do in your life and my life as we pursue him. Yeah. As we pursue him. So prophetically, I believe God's stirring the church. This, this scripture about the... the the gates being opened, these double gates being opened, that the king of glory may come in. I believe that there is a time that God is giving to the church in this city and actually in, in, in this country and across Europe. Because God wants his church to express who he is. He doesn't want it to be an expression of man. He wants it to be an expression of God. He wants his church to be a light that is strong, a light that is bright, a voice that is clear. He doesn't want a distorted sound from his church. He wants a church that is loudly and proclaiming the truth of who he is with an amazing love that he expresses in and through us. I'm not talking about carrying placards and things like that. Maybe God's called some of you to do that, but I'm not talking about that type of in your face. I'm just talking about the expression of God in your life and my life, in the church, in this city and beyond. Needs to, I believe, God is bringing us back, making that adjustment. Some churches, you know, in the dial of the radio. Uh, this is the old days. Now it's probably different. You probably speak to it these days, don't you? And you sort of say Radio 4 or, you know, Capital FM or something like that. You can speak to these gadgets these days. But in the old days... You used to have to twirl a gadget and, and twirl a knob and, and you had to tune in to get and pick up the radio station in the right way. 
And again, some people may only have to tweak the dial a little bit, or God is going to tweak the dial a little bit. Others, it may be that these, they're on the wrong frequency and God needs to change them to FM rather than AM. Or bring them to a DAB so that it begins to be digital so it can be picked up everywhere rather than just a location. But God, I believe, is on the move. He's always been on the move, actually. And it's time for the church to understand what the church's purpose is and isn't. The church is not just a collective group of people who just come to worship God on a Sunday morning and that's it. God wants us just like this story in Obed-Eden. Obed-Eden began just for three months having the presence of God there, but he so longed and loved that passion, loved that presence of God, loved what was happening in his family, in his situation, that he actually went with the ark right into Jerusalem. He pursued it. When we pursue God in the way that we're talking about, when we put God first in every single area, it's just like, what an adventure that we're going to be going on. And we've been talking for the last couple of years that, you know, Helen and myself, it, we feel that this is an amazing adventure that God took us out of Sussex and placed us in London. And I'm honest with you, and I've been honest with you, that we've not been this way before. So we are dependent on God, just like you are dependent on God, because this is the 27th of May, 2018, and 27th of May, 2018, will never, ever exist ever again. And so therefore, when we come to the 28th of May, none of us have been that way before. None of us have experienced the 28th of May, 2018, before in your life. And so for every one of us, it's a new day. And because it's a new day that God is expressing in your life and my life, it's so important that we hold on to who he is. So, so important. Because of what he is wanting to do in his church. So that his church can represent him in this city and wherever God sends you. Whether it's India, wherever. God's called us to represent his kingdom here on earth. Not to represent a denomination not to represent a different, a, a particular form of teaching, but to represent him. Yes. That's why we need to know him so that we know how to represent him. So that we are that clear light. We are that clear call to what God is wanting to do. If you could please stand. I've gone on too long already. <gasps> Thank you, Father. Just very quickly, just tell the Lord yourself in your own words, your own language, that you want to 
if this is your desire, if this is your longing, to be like Obed-Edom, who recognized that it was the presence of God that was contained in that tabernacle that was worth pursuing. Now, we don't have a tabernacle, but we have God Almighty. We have Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And we have the Holy Spirit there to help us every single moment of every single day. So just say to the Lord in your own words, Lord, I just want to pursue you. I want you to be in that place where my life counts, my life matters. Why? Because I'm pursuing God and I'm allowing God, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to come and release his life, release his presence. To show me the steps I'm to take to fulfill the call and the purpose that he has for my life and for all of our lives. So Father, I thank you that we are on a journey as a church. I believe, Father, as you've spoken to me, Lord, that the church is on a journey in this city and beyond. But Lord, it's not about us, it's about you, who you are. And Lord, we're representing you here on earth. And Lord, I just ask that you will help me, you will help us to get to know you better, to meet with you, to long for you, so that it's your life that comes out when squeezed. It's your life, your presence, that will bring transformation into our own lives, but also those around us that we have influence over. So Father, I just again submit this word to you. The words that you have given me to speak. Father, I ask that you will just cement that in our hearts. What is of you? And Lord, I just ask you that this will not be just something of a theory. But it will be actions. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, if we just stay in this place right now, just looking to him, I just, I just feel. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it has been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith London and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaithlondon.com.